Hey, entrepreneurs see a problem and they want to solve it. Today's guest did just that. She started a business out of nowhere and had to overcome breaking a pelvis. I mean, she did a terrible, terrible accident and all while she was starting the business, but she's really rolling with it now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and how she built a great team and everything in this interview. So it's really cool to be able to talk to Shana Polino. And she was working in the interior design business in New York City and was frustrated that she couldn't get her clients the custom pieces they wanted in the time frame that they demanded. Because who wants to order off the rack, especially when she's dealing with the kind of money that these guys had. So in 2017, she started Shana Rose Interiors with the philosophy, everyone wins. By working with everyone in the supply chain to create a quality product customers want. While our business is growing fast, it hasn't been easy. And that's what we talk about in the show. So welcome to The Hero Factor, Shana Polino. The Hero Factor is that special core fundamental that stands some companies apart to achieve true greatness. There's no better time than now to discover and revive your business story. Your origin story begins now. Okay, so I can buy a couch and all these other things anywhere. So why would you start an online and kind of a design company that's more digital than like really retail? Yeah, yeah. So great question. So we are streamlining the manufacturing and production process. Uh, We're doing it in a couple avenues. So you mentioned technology and e-commerce, which are two totally separate platforms for us. And we'll have this retail space. So major problem right now in the industry, Amazon right now is creating a culture where we can receive product within two hours, at least in New York City, and standard two days around the world. Furniture, for whatever reason, is going in the complete opposite direction, and they're heading down 12-week lead times, 14-week lead times. Why? It's pretty simple. It's it's so expensive to manufacture in the U.S., so a smart business owner is saying, oh, I'll just go to a different company and manufacture there. Well, that's not going to work for society soon, especially for Gen Z, who's going to start purchasing high quality custom furniture in about 10 years, you're going to tell them three months for a sofa. They're going to say, absolutely not. Hey, take um, a hike. Yeah, yeah, take a hike. Yeah. No way. So <laughs> we're combating all these things by focusing on, you know, standard two to three week custom delivery options, but one week rush available. Do you think you're going to need a showroom or is a website enough? I think, you know, Jeff, that's a great question because in the beginning I said no to the showroom. Yep. We don't need that brick and mortar. There's absolutely no way it's necessary. But because technology, of course, is expensive for me to create the interactive experience you need, we have to develop, you know, furniture generators and all these things so you can physically see it being built. So I do think it's necessary for us to have that showroom space just so you could see the quality, touch it, it, feel it, sit on it. Yeah. yeah. So the way we're going to do it is we have a smaller space in Southampton that we're launching. We only need to show one version of this thing. So for instance, bed lines going in, we'll have one bed in the showroom, but we'll have yeah. 25 mini mock headboards mounted above the wall. So you can see all the little styles. Now you see the fabric. It's just a helpful experience. A 
eventually what we'll do is make that interactive experience online a little bit easier for you, ship you out like a material package so you can physically feel everything. But I do think it's necessary for right now for products. Yeah, I think it's always a proof of concept that you have to have. And most people don't understand. I mean, I'm from the printing world a long time ago and to match colors of the things between it, one screen to the next one, one thing looks like blue. The other one looks like light blue, but you know, because they don't match because different types of screens yep. uh, show up different kinds of colors. Man, if you're, you know, if you're going to buy a particularly some say a certain item or so forth, that's a more of a custom thing, right? Correct. Yeah. But you're also doing a little bit more of the mass side of it too, right? Where you go into an entire building and do it all. Yeah. So there's really two sides of this that we're building out. Mm-hmm. One is the product side for sure. So we can furnish a space very quickly with customizable options within one to three weeks. The second side of that is a trade software that we're developing, which is to take on the back end of the business for these designers, because we've not only learned problems about the product world, but we've learned problems about the business side for interior design. And for us, we're really trying to change this industry and make an impact in increasing efficiency and of course, speed. So the software that's launching is to take a solopreneur designer, whether they're successful or not, and give them all the tools they need, the marketing, the bookkeeping, the education, the networking, and of course, streamline their sales process and give them product solutions. So inside of that trade software, what I've basically done is dump all the math necessary to calculate yardage, to configure custom labor pricing inside of a virtual workroom. So with a few clicks of a button, there's no wait time on me or someone else to obtain the price and transfer that information that the client needs. Well, it's cool because what I like what you're doing there, Shane, is you're, you're stepping repeating because you had to do it for yourself first, right? right? Yeah. So you yeah. go like, hey, I can do this and then I can go sell this to other people for them right. to do. And then right. you could be the supplier, the source, uh, the bridge is a better, maybe a better way for that. Right. Yeah. Is that, How yeah. is that going? It's going great. So we're about to launch our pilot on Monday. So we have four designers for the next eight weeks that will be with us interactive, experiencing, you know, the flow that this software provides. And then hopefully, you know, eight weeks after that, we're ready to deploy. We have our marketing funnel all lined up for how that's going to look. At the same time, I'm simultaneously signing this lease where we're going to have two months of construction. And by April 1, that showroom will be open. So we'll have the consumer interface and the backend trade platform both launched. And we're kind of subdividing the space in the Hamptons where we'll have kind of a consulting area for our trade guys, Mm -hmm. which to me, you know, we're going to give them great pricing and really execute because that's my sales team for me. So I want to make sure that they're looking like rock stars and our designers inside of our platform. When someone else is saying no, they can always say yes. And that's how I want to make them shine. And then at the same time, that virtual room helps my inside sales guys because it's my brain dumped in a software. So now our sales process is efficient. And if you're just a consumer who really just needs a bed or one-off product, not a full house designed, you can come in and we'll quickly execute those first solutions for them as well. That's awesome. There's a couple of things I see here. When you look at things like this, the, like going to the last bastions, you know, I, I, I'm watching like healthcare now being changed, the way we go through healthcare, you know, the way we, you know, <laughs> soon it'll be the DMV. But right. furniture sales, furniture design, all that stuff has been really archaic. I mean, if my team, they would say, hey, let's go look for beds. Oh, God, kill me. Right. Let's go, you know, 
Oh, you know, let's go pick out a new ca- Hell yeah. no. No yeah. way. I, no way. I'm the kind of guy when I move to a new city, like uh, when I move to New York, I just go to my assistant or go to, hey, go furnish it. Just go right. get the stuff. And right. and I've done this numerous times. I mean, literally where I've had my assistant, hey, go go get me my living room, my, my beds, my, you know, here, here, here. Just get it. And, you know, of course, they're always saying, well, don't you need a soft bed? I don't care. Just get the dang thing. What do I care? Just go. Make yeah. it kind of look like this, you know? Right, right. exactly. So but you're, you're changing all that, right? You're changing it because you know what? It's not just here, look at 27 different beds. That's exhausting. It's here is a headboard design. Out of these designs, what do you like? Do you like a channeling? Do you like a nail head? Do you like a welt? Do you like a tuft? Okay, check. Now let's look at the I don't even know what the hell you just asked. I have no idea. The last time I went looking for a bed, I went with my wife and it was here in New York and we went to Sleepy's and we had to lay down on each of the beds. And finally, I laid down on this one. We said, this is the one. This is the true story. She was going to go get over the paperwork and pay for it. I laid back down on that bed and fell asleep in the showroom. <laughs> In the showroom, and they had to come wake me up because my legs are hanging off the edge of the bed because you don't don't fully lay on the bed, right? So right. I'm just laying across the, anyway. That's that's me. That's how I do things. What, I don't even want a rivet. What what the hell did you just say? <laughs> so so this is why we're having a consumer facing showroom, right? So you can yeah. walk in and see all these minimum versions and essentially just say, oh yeah, that's the one. You know, you're looking yeah. at one wall. I like that headboard. Yeah. Here's a ring set of fabrics. What color do you like? You know. Yeah. I like that. Here's all your legs that are yeah. options. Which leg order, do you like? By the way, that's how I order my suits now, my shirts, all my yeah. clothing is that way. Yeah. I, I still buy my jeans the way I've always bought jeans, but I actually just go and find the kind of jeans I like. And then once I find them, I just buy 20 pair of them and I'm done. <laughs> I'm I, literally, that's what I do. And, yeah. Yeah. And then my shirts. No, I'll have 10 pink ones yeah. and five purple ones. That's usually what I get. Five lavender and 10 pink every quarter. I just go get them. Yeah. And then it's all done. It's and, and I go through a fabric thing. And once I find the one I want, yeah. then that's what I stick with forever. Exactly. forever. I, yeah, I get yeah. it. I'm so usually I'll, a little different. I'm like, oh, I like that shirt. I'll take it in every color. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're a designer, though. You, you, I mean, that's I make. I mean, I saw a blanket that you designed, which I thought was beautiful, by the way. The blue one, it can remind me. I told you it reminded me of elk teeth, which I know yeah. that sounds kind of gross. But that's a beautiful dress designed by Native Americans out in my part of the country. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come right back. Maybe I got to. I get a designer. I get some big furniture company to advertise. We'll we'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. You've only been in business for a couple of years. I know that. And you're growing fast. Why do you think you've got so much growth? Yeah. So I really have to attribute that to my team, to be honest with you. And it took a while in the beginning. Well, there's a few things, right? I had a major accident. Um, oh, that, yeah. That I want to get in that. I want to yeah. get into that. Yeah. That physically forced me to stop in different ways and relinquish some control issues I had. And then the second thing is just having a kick-ass team who we are just so incredibly aligned in our vision and where we're going to go. Okay. So let me, how did you get a kick-ass team? So through lots of trial and error, right? I did go through about four web developers before I found the one that I was like, you're it, dude. And it really started (laughs) with me and him. We'd be up till 2 a.m. starting this software two years ago, just me and him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some might advise against this, but my best friend who is now my CMO, I mean, I've been waiting for her 
her anxiously just to come to me and be like, all right, Shay, I want on this team. She's a phenomenal writer. She is just a powerhouse executor and just my true right hand. You know, there's no one else I would trust. So me and her are just so in alignment. And then just along the way, you know, I've seen people as opportunities. You know, it's not always just the situation. When I meet the right person that they have, you know, our avatar of this culture, high energy, really sarcastic, you know, we just Mm -hmm. like to have fun. But at the same time, we work hard. So I started to learn that, oh, these are the people I want. And these are the people I want next to me. So that's, you know, it took a lot of trial and error, but that's really how I did it. Which is awesome because you mentioned earlier about I had to give up control. Yeah, like, oh, an entrepreneur has control. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We all have that problem. We all have that problem, which I think is kind of interesting. So you mentioned accident. Yeah. Yeah, I know your personal history. So you actually broke your pelvis, right? Holy crap. So a little bit of a daredevil. Most people who know me are not surprised. Mm -hmm. So we were flying, you know, out in the Adirondacks. The guys I ride with, they race. So we're flying. I went around a tight right turn, freak accident. We theorized that the snowmobile fishtailed around that tight right. There's big studs in the snowmobile. So at the last 10 degrees, the Mm -hmm. studs must have just locked into the ground and slung shot me off. So my body flew 10 feet, flipped in the air, crushed a tree. I crushed all the nerves of the right side. I I hit the tree on my right side, but actually broke the left side of my body. I crushed all the nerves in the right. It explosion broke out the left, uh, lost my sight the whole nine. I was, you know, four emergency squads, helicopter, medevaced out. And yeah. While you're starting the business. Yeah. So I had just completed a year. We were a year and two months into the business. I was, you know, I came off a $14 a day budget. I had made my salary in three months. So I was living the high life for a year and two months. Uh, Let me tell you, (laughs) traveling, finally not having a boss, being your own person, but it wasn't a business, right? It was just me. I was was the bookkeeper, the accountant, the installer, everything. So I fly into this tree and, you know, people had said like, you know, you better slow down. Something's going to happen. You're going to be stuck. Well, mm -hmm, flying to a tree, you know, I live in a four floor walk up at this point with a broken pelvis. I have no support, no one to take care of me. You know, right when my accident had happened, my buzzer stopped working and I literally had to order food, take out my window and convince these people I would only order from the same three spots because they knew my pelvis was broken. I had to throw my keys out a four story building and convince them to catch them or find them so they could bring my food up for three weeks. (laughs) You should have got a fishing line with a reel and just like lowered it (laughs) and like, or or like like a rope and just yeah. brought it up yeah. with a pulley. Well, you know, system. you have all the fire escapes. So you'd have Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a problem. There. Yeah. So truly, I just like, and it worked out every time. I'd say it was never. Did, did, no, did, no, no, they never fell in the grate or anything yeah. like that Thank, once or twice. Thankfully, it never fell into any. I mean, they never caught them physically, right? They always fell. Through the ground, I was going to say, I bet you hit one of them in the head. Come well, on. I was nervous to hit a car. I was like, oh, God, if I yeah. hit a car and that alarm goes off, like now, now I'm going to have to listen to that crap going for hours. I'm stuck here. I'm like Rapunzel trapped in this tower. Like this oh, is man. nuts. Like <laughs> You know, I tell people about this as an entrepreneur, you know, here I'm, I'm running a, you know, fairly multi-million dollar operation. Yeah. So fairly good size operation. 
and I'm very careful not to get sick. If anyone starts coughing in my office, get the, get yeah. out, out, yeah. out, because I can't miss being on stage or on camera or on, you know, on air like I'm doing now. Does that bother you a little bit? Do you think like that yeah. at all? I mean, no. now I don't because yeah. I've lived a year terrified replacing myself. You know, no one knew my business at all. So yeah, but don't you still worry? I mean, you got people who they're responsible. You, you're responsible for Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When I travel, that's the biggest test to my team, right? So I have yeah. all these little mini tests going on all the time. And it now actually gives me so much satisfaction. I've learned that when I'm out of town, there are less issues that actually happen than when I'm in town. And I think that's because they just like to talk to me, I've learned. So like, if mm -hmm. there's a problem and I'm there, they just always want to bring it to my attention, which I've trained them to do that, right? Always talk to me before it becomes a bigger issue. Stop what you're doing. Don't think you know, just run it by me. This way, I've probably been there before. When I'm out of town, though, it actually things run so smooth. And I sit down with them and I'm like, mm, maybe we should stop and take a pause every time I am in town to just think if you really need to ask me what you're about to ask me. In my book before last is Think Big, Act Bigger. I have a chapter dedicated to this called the K-1 Rule, where a young woman walked up to me and asked me a question, said, do I need to bring these color copies to the meeting? We were helping a company go public, or I was as a consultant and was on their board. So we were helping them do that through a company called Tall Grass, which stands for, if you run around with the big dogs, you got to learn to piss in the tall grass, you know? And so here we are working with it. But, and, and I said, I turned to it and I said, you know, do you really want to ask me that question? Yeah. Because you only get to ask me 21 questions. That's the only, that's all you get to ask me. And is that one of your 21? You can ask me about the meaning of life. Does this dress make me look fat? Does, uh, where's the best Italian restaurant? Do you think my boyfriend's into me? Whatever. I said, I don't care. But is that one of your freaking 21 questions? And she said, I don't think so. I said, well, good, good career move. Yeah. If I have to answer it, what the hell do I need you for? Right. And I want to, I mean, that's just, you got to teach people yeah, that, right? I want to foster a team of problem solvers. I mean, essentially that's what the entire company stands for. This is our rule. Before you even come to me with the problem, you're also presenting three solutions to me. That's what I want. That's cool. Um, because yeah. this way, it gives me more of that security that we're talking about, right? It takes my nerves away that eventually I don't have to worry about it. And Evelyn, my CMO, is one of those. She is truly one of those people that I'm just like, whatever you think, because I know she's problem solving. I know how she runs a problem and runs those solutions and thinks about it the same way I would. So I want to train that. I want to make them deploy that to say it to me and and then once they've proven that enough consistently, then eventually I'm like, okay, you know, those are our C-level guys, right? our C-suite guys. We should at least be able to feel like they're all an extension of us. And when they come to us with something to discuss, now we know it really is a topic of conversation. Absolutely. You know, a buddy of mine's got this whole philosophy, Jason Forrest, Forrest Performance Group, and it's no show do. You know it. Show someone else. Let them do right. it. Exactly. You know, and by and large, most of the time, no one's going to die no. if they make a mistake. Yeah. So let them. Yeah, yeah, move on. So, you know, a lot of businesses talk about having a secret sauce. You have soy sauce in the fridge. <laughs> What the hell does that mean? My team told me about that. that they put it on there to make sure I ask you, what What does soy sauce in the fridge mean? I've never heard that. It's a post-it. You actually have a sign. You have a, you have a, she's it's actually holding up a piece of paper, soy sauce in the fridge. a post-it on my computer. So it's kind of an inside, obviously, and it's an inside joke, not kind of, it's totally an inside joke. Oh, um, you've been a trademark. Now everybody's going to know about it. Now you're on a big, you're in a big show here. Right, you're in a big show. Soy people are going to know. Millions of people are going to know. <laughs> All right, people. 
people. Soy sauce in the fridge. Essentially, it's a term that translates to saving money or working on a tight budget or hold on, I have my CMO is screaming. What it? Tell him about your grandpa. Yeah. She's like, tell him about your grandpa. Anyway, so <laughs> my grandfather um, comes from poverty. He was mm-hmm. turned into the founder of tenant litigation law, Daniel Finkelstein, but he never, you know, made a lot of money in his career, but never changed his mentality that he was poor. Even to, to this day, right? He goes to the store, he takes every salt packet, sugar, oh, everything off yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah. And he's a creature of habit. So we go to the same spot. We go to Chase Bank. They have the lollipops out. Daniel Finkelstein walks in and someone walks out for the back with a full brown paper bag of lollipops. He doesn't have to even shove them in his pocket anymore. He just gets a full bag. Yeah. So they, they give it, they give it they to give him because they see him coming. Yeah, they see him yeah, coming. Yeah. They're like, whatever. Yeah. He's a big yeah. tipper too. He just, he'll just swipe the table. So you go into right. his fridge and those plastic cups, like the single cereal cups that you pull off the top, those are his organizers in his fridge. He saves them. He washes them out. That's an organizer. Now, all the mm-hmm. soy sauce is in one, all the duck sauce is in another. He saves everything. So we increased our overhead by 600% this year. I mean, we're going hard. Our strategy right. is locked though. And my team, my C-suite level team, they know they have their base, but we're also on performance-based bonuses. So they're, they want to hit these numbers because they, you know, if we hit here, everything after there, I have a percentage and, and a big bonus coming in. So the team slogan is when we're contemplating some expenses or a way to go, someone calls out always, soy sauce in the fridge, I vote that one. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that's a good rallying cry. You know, we've, in the Hero Club and with this is certainly the show, The Hero Factor, it's all about building great culture. Yeah. And that's a culture kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Right? And, and that's something that people can get behind and rally behind and it gets them, you know, they understand what the payoff is, but they understand the pain and no pain, no gain, right? Right, right. and it comes yeah. down to technology, right? We're developing a lot of technology. There are cheaper ways of doing things. That's just what it is. An app costs, you know, hundred plus thousand dollars to develop. You know, we're doing more of the desktop version, but what we're trying to do, and if we succeed, this will be a huge thing in the industry, is I just said to my web developer, I said, okay, let's take that off the table. So I saw us in the fridge, but just like I have a shortcut on my desktop, I want you to figure out how to make a shell for my website, a downloadable app that only acts as a shell. So it just takes them right to the website version. So that's our soy sauce in the fridge model for, you know, kind of cheating our way through that until we make the money. And then of course, as we're making the money, I always deploy it back into the business. My team knows that we treat the business like a person and it has its own salary. So it needs to get fed and it also needs to grow and get bonuses so we can keep pushing ourselves up. That's just awesome. So like, who is your hero in business? Who's been a real hero for you, either personally or professionally, it keeps you driving? Yeah. So, you know, he actually is a hero. Steve Adams, who was the CEO of Pet Supplies, who grew 50 retail chains, sold for a hundred million, just came in passing. You know, I'm a big believer in the universe kind of just dumps you someone when you need them, came in conversation. And he's been my mentor and my coach for free, has invested time and even money into, you know, sending me out places to meet. He's going to take time with the team and just someone who kind of saw, you know, my back in life that I didn't really have support and I didn't have a role model to look up to. So there was a personal interest there that he felt like I just needed some consistency. And then at the same time, he was like, holy shit, you know, like you're developing something that is not even out in the world. There's all these avenues that you're going into. You could really franchise this model if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. I don't 
don't need the money, but I would love to help you not make as many costly mistakes at your age as I did because I really see myself in you. So he's been just my biggest fan, my biggest supporter, and someone who any time of the day I can call him and say, oh, I, you know, he says I'm an opportunist. So I always like ADD opportunity, like, oh my God, we could do this. He's like, whoa, yes, you can. <laughs> You're always going to slow down, sister. Slow exactly. down. He's like, slow my down. job is to just slow your ass down, beeline for the next 90 days, what we have to do. And then I'm not saying that you can't do it. You absolutely can. It's just you move too quickly for your own good. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And how did you meet? At a conference. So I went out to Renegade yeah. Marketing Conference. He was a keynote speaker. Dan Kennedy mm-hmm. was sick. So he, on a fluke. Oh, Dan. Yeah. Dan was sick. Dan I know. Well, was sick. Yeah. You know, when he couldn't make it last minute, he called some of his constituents. So Steve yeah. ended up being one of them. So I never met him. I had a funny question to ask, but I didn't stand up and, and ask it. So I ended up going on the bus to this like VIP stadium tour. And the person I was with, we ended up getting split up because we were the last on the bus. And I just ended up sitting behind Steve Adams. And he ended up just turning around, introducing himself. We sparked up conversation. He was like, Shana, give me your give me your phone. I'm putting my cell phone number in. Text me as this business is growing if you have any questions. Well, we got back on the bus. By the time we got back, I get I have a text from him already. He's like, Shana, I since I've met you, I've not been able to stop thinking about you. I had this idea. I want to run it by you. So we ended up meeting right then in the lobby. And he was just like, you know, kind of pitched me to be my free, you know, personal life coach, business coach, you know, nutritionist in a sense, just everything. And was like, you know, I've met a lot of people in my life. I've employed a lot of people in my life and I've never met anyone like you. And I just want to be a part of it. And, and you know, what do you say to that? You're like, oh yeah. my God, you know, I'm in. all right, I'm in. cool. I'm yeah. in. Well, that's another hero moment. That's right there. That's another, that, yeah. I mean, that's what separates everybody. And you see these things all the time. And I appreciate you sharing it. I appreciate you being a part of this show and being on the Hero Factor right here with Jeffrey Hazel. Thanks so much, Shana. Thank you. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what we learned. And I always like to have you reflect on that a little bit, too. What did you learn? What was the big things that you took out of it? And I love this whole phrase that she had about soy sauce in the fridge, right? If you got soy sauce in the fridge, you remember to do certain things. You know, I clean bathrooms. I do that. And I do certain things around the office all the time. In fact, like this weekend, I'm coming to the office to clean it up because just not not quite right. And I like to set a good example for everybody, make sure that we keep our place tidy and neat because, uh, you know, I, the buddy of mine, Bob Lassard, he's a fishing guide up in Canada. He's from Minnesota. And he always had this saying when we we're out in the boat, a clean boat is a good boat. A tidy boat's a good boat. And so that's what I've always believed in. I've just kind of taken that to heart. So that's what I learned today. When you have money, don't just spend it because soy sauce in the fridge. All right. That's what I learned. Don't forget to tell other people. In fact, share some soy sauce today by telling them about this show, The Hero Factor, right here on C-Suite Radio. This has been Jeff Hazlett, and I thank you so much. You've been listening to the Hero Factor podcast on C-Suite Radio. Find this and other podcasts like this on csuiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.